This podcast is brought to you by Giant Food. And today, more than ever, they are committed to you because we are all in this together so we can continue to share the little things that matter. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Peace, everyone, and welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa L. Jones, broadcasting live from the lobby of The Line, D.C. This podcast is where dynamic people of color in the food and agriculture space share their personal food journeys, passions, and perspectives that stem from the land, all exemplifying the spirit of activism in their own edible way. Let's get started. Peace and welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa L. Jones, broadcasting here on Full Service Radio. So for today, we are talking photography, nature, and zen, a combination that you may not typically think about when you're indulged in either of the three. But meet Tanya Pill, a North Carolina native and mindfulness advocate who hails from a legacy of farmers, sharecroppers, and cultivators of the land. Her passion for nature and capturing moments led Tanya to the birth of Plant and Shoot, which we'll learn more about today. She is also the creator of the Zen Camera Club and also guides meditations on Insight Timer. Tanya, welcome to Edible Activist. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Melissa. I'm equally excited to be here. So Tanya and I are Instagram friends. <laughs> and I have to I have to include this preface. And it's one of the reasons why I'm just like super, super excited to hold this interview because we have been connected digitally via social media, Instagram for the last like three or so years. And this is our very first time actually holding a conversation. We've never met. And it's whenever I think back to like, you know, you have your supporters, but when you think back to like your core folks, and Tanya, you would never know this because we've never had a conversation. It's you, Tanya, and and um, oh, the other two women from um, one from out of Richmond and Florida. There's Brandy, Tam, and Tam, Tam, Tam from the garden. Yes, yeah. Tam. Like you are the core, and I'm like, it's just so crazy that you know how you know the digital space with its ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. That it can just really connect folks, and so I'm excited to have you and to get to know you during this segment. So welcome. Well, welcome, thank welcome. you, thank you, and I feel honored to be one of the the core people. You know, because I, I definitely think you are good people. So um, that's an honor to to think um, that I was in that core group. So. I'm flattered. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Tanya, you're down in North Kakalaki, North Carolina, right? That's, that's <laughs> right. That's right. And I've, you know, one of the few people, I think, um, but I've lived here all of my life. Um, never lived in another state. So, I don't know. That's a good thing or, or maybe a bad thing. I'm not sure, but it's the truth. 
it's it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, you know, where it is what it home. is. Yeah, what's home is home. So let's definitely you know dig into your your food and and garden story just a bit. And growing up in North Carolina, because you know um, from from what I know and what I've read that gardening was it was never it never felt like a chore to you, and it was something that was just always present in your lineage. You know, with even with your mom growing, and so definitely just want to start let's let's start at let's start with the dirt let's start at the garden you let's know start and, at the and, beginning yeah <laughs> um, and and I guess I'll start with um uh prior dirt um even before my mom's garden um but you know I come from a long line of farmers um sharecroppers my Great grandfathers, um, you know, tended the land, um, you know, which I, I don't remember them. Um, my grandfather uh, on both sides, my mother's father and my dad's father, um, both were farmers. Um, so, you know, I remember as a very little girl, um, you know, going with them to the fields um, when I was younger, uh, I was sitting in the truck. Uh, my grandma always, you know, made sure I was very nice and comfy. So I recall having a blanket in the truck. Um, I remember you know, jelly sandwiches, but, you know, just kind of hanging out there, um, you know, under, you know, the truck would be parked under a shade tree while they were either chopping peanuts or, you know, planting tobacco or harvesting corn or, or something. So, you know, those are my earlier memories. And then later on, when I was a little bit older, um, I was able to actually help them um, set out tobacco. So my granddaddy, Arthur, uh, which is my father's father, uh, planted a lot of tobacco. And I remember, like I said, sitting on the back of the tractor and, you know, putting in those little uh, tomato, uh, not tomato, but um, tobacco plants in that little rotary and watching it go into the ground. Um, so that's, you know, when I really first started loving the land. Um, I remember, you know, summers of them, you know, picking tobacco and, you know, sitting under the trees, watching the, the people that were handing tobacco. And then, like I said, eventually graduating to be able to hand some tobacco myself, but just always being, you know, very present um, with the land and having it play such a huge role in, you know, my family's well-being on both sides of my family. Yeah. Wow. And you know what? Like I never, I, I love, especially when, um, when I'm hearing these stories, I don't hear too. And I know, obviously I know that they're present, but the tobacco stories, those are very, those are very few on, um, on this podcast and not, not intentional. And I love it. Whenever I hear a tobacco story and, you know, their family planted tobacco, I'm like, oh yeah, they were in it real deep. <laughs> yeah, tobacco was really huge. Um, and I'm from Eastern North Carolina. Um, I'm originally from Ahoski. Uh, either you've heard of it or, or not. Um, I have very- not. I'm like, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> I know, right? It's Ahoski. A-H-O-S-K-I-E. So your um, listeners will have to look it up on a map. But, you know, it's in the uh, very eastern part of the state. Um, and tobacco was a you know very big industry. Um, down there in that time. So I don't remember how many acres, um, you know, my grandparents farmed, but tobacco was really big. Like I said, tobacco, peanuts, and corn um, is what I remember the most. Um, I think one of my grandfathers also um, tended soybeans, but tobacco was huge. And I mean, I literally remember 
every phase of the process, you know, from planting, you know, the small tobacco plants, you know, in the ground to, you know, like we say in the country, taking in tobacco um, in the summers, um, as well as um, drying the tobacco in the barns and harvesting the tobacco, putting it in the big burlap bags, taking it to the market to sell. I mean, I literally remember every stage of that process. And the smell of dried tobacco, you know, once it cures in the barn is just a smell I don't think I will ever, I will ever forget. Wow. Yeah. What a memory. Yeah. It's it's like, I can still smell it right now. And it's in that smell um, is just so integral to my memories of um, my grandfather, Arthur in particular, um, because I remember he had the barn, which wasn't too far from our house, you know, my grandmother's house. And, you know, we walk over and, you know, every day he would check the temperature in the barns and he would climb up those railings to the very top of the barn. And he was, you know, probably in his seventies then. I don't know how he did that. Cause I, I know I couldn't climb like that now, but you know, he would <laughs> climb up to the top and check, you know, check how the tobacco was cured. But like I said, it was, it was just a smell um, that you, I just can't forget. And, and so deeply associate with memories of him. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for painting that. I was like, I was there with you. You You painted that so beautifully. Thank you. And like I said, my other grandfather um, on my mom's side, his name was Ben Perry. He raised tobacco too, but I don't recall, you know, the barn and him curing tobacco. So I don't know if he went through that step or not. I have to ask my mom, but um, like I said, you know, as far as the curing and taking it to market, I really do remember that, um, you know, from my granted author side. Wow. Wow. And no wonder, I mean, you also, you know, I was reading a little bit more um, on your website, you said none of this, you know, it never felt like a chore. And I was, I was chuckling at something my grandfather um, told me down in Mississippi, AKA Big Daddy. Um, (laughs) And I was sitting in his, in, in their living room. This was about a, maybe last summer when I was there doing some stories, but just, you know, hanging with my family. And I just remember my grandfather tell, telling me, you know, because they obviously, you know, um, cultivated the land and grew everything. And he was just like, it was a chore. He was like, we were up before dawn. I mean, obviously that's another generation, but he was like, we were up before dawn. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. There were no questions. And this is why we ran away from it. <laughs> yes. So let me clarify. My <laughs> role in all of this was not a chore. Because if you remember, I was like chilling in the truck, eating my jelly sandwiches, um, you know, for a good part of the time. And And then, you know, when I was setting out tobacco, when I was handing tobacco, it's just because they let me jump in and help out for a little bit. Um, But for me, it was never something that I had to do. Um, So it's a totally different perspective. And you're right. My mom has that same story. Um, My auntie has that same story. You know, it was a chore. They hated it and they made sure they went to college and got away away from that farm. So you're right. Uh, My perspective is very, very, very different. And um, I love that though. (laughs) And even, um, you know, for my mom's garden, you know, that wasn't, that it it was a chore and that it was one of my chores, you know, to, to go out and collect the tomatoes and the peas and so forth. But, um, 
it was really a, a joy for me. And I think that's, you know, in both instances is where I really developed a connection with the land and with nature and with growing so that I didn't want to run away from it. And now as an adult, you know, I have a thriving garden. I've had a garden for many, 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 many years. Um, you know, a couple of years ago on Mother's Day, my husband um, gifted me with a small greenhouse. So I have a different relationship with it. And I think it's because of the relationship I had then helped shape the love as opposed to an aversion that I have for it now. Wow. Hubby gifted you with a greenhouse. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tanya, if you find a single man down there who's in the growing and garden and he's, you know, willing to get, just holler at your girl. Okay. I will. I will. And I have a couple of girlfriends in line before you, but I will add you to the list. Yes. Okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward no, to but that's super. That is super sweet. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, let's, let's definitely jump into plant and shoot and which I know um, I've just, again, I'm loving all the developments that I have been birthing for plant and shoot. Um, but just the beautiful picture that you have painted of, you know, um, chilling in the truck and the smells of tobacco and the drum, like all that being on the garden, you know, and just your journey up, you know, up until capturing moments of nature, you know, the flowers and things that grow. And so let's definitely touch on this because this is a, as you put it, it's a, it's a, a ritual and a self-care practice that, um, you know, which I, I love how you framed it that way. And, and so let's, let's tell the audience about plant and shoot, and then we'll dive more into what else has been birthed from that platform. Yeah, sure. Um, so plant and shoot um, started you know, mainly as a way for me to combine my love of uh, nature, you know, growing plants, flowers, vegetables, what have you, and um, my love of photography. So it's kind of a cute little play on um, point and shoot, you know, camera to point and shoot camera. So it's a little play on that. Um, and I, you know, changed it to plant and shoot. But I formed that because, um, you know, like I said, I garden, I have, you know, tons of, you know, raised beds and I have a greenhouse and, and so forth. And I love growing, but, um, my main focus is not on the bounty. Um, I see a lot of people, which, you know, which is fine, but I see a lot of folks, you know, focusing on how much they harvest, you know, how productive a certain plant is, you know, and all of us as gardeners have our different take um, in the reason that we're drawn to gardening. And I realized that mine was more for the peaceful aspect um, and the peaceful vibe that I got when I was growing and playing in the dirt. And also, you know, the peaceful uh, vibe that I got when I was taking pictures. And when I look back at the things that I grow, I realized I was more led to growing certain things um, because of how visually appealing they would be and how they will look at in a photograph. So I found out that my photography was really driving my gardening and getting the produce and enjoying, you know, the, the fruits of, of my labor was, was a plus. Um, and I, you know, and I realized, um, it was also a way for me to, 
manage stress, um, to just find a sense of peace and calm and happiness, you know, amongst the, the, all the things that we're doing, you know, in a given day, you know, the fast pace of life, the garden and my photography really turned out to be a space of peace and a sanctuary for me. And pretty much the same thing that my mom's garden was for me many, many years ago, my garden is today. So that's how Plant and Shoot was born and really is the focus of Plant and Shoot. And I hope that it resonates and connects with other people who need to find a way to you know, have some peace, um, dig a little bit into mindfulness without going so far into meditation because that's not for everyone. So it's really a practical way to gain the benefits of that peaceful space. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you hit a point, you hit a point, you hit a point. So you said meditation and, and there are different forms of meditation, obviously, but you said that it's not for everyone. Can you break that down just a bit more? Yeah, I, I definitely can because I'm, you know, I'm one of those people, um, and I truly believe in the benefits of meditation. Uh, I mean, you can just you can look on online. There's so much written, you know, so many videos. There's just so much out there on the powerful mental and physical benefits of meditation. Um, but generally, you know, when the average person thinks of meditation, you know, they see um, someone, you know, sitting down, cross-legged, you know, maybe, you know, in a, a, spe- a specific hand position, just sitting there. Well, that's not for everyone. In fact, it isn't for me. Um, so what I really also want to, to get across is meditation is really in its simplest form, focusing on the present moment. It is doing what you're doing when you're doing it. So it can be running. Walking can be a meditation. Gardening can be a meditation. Um, Drawing, journaling. There's so many ways to be present. And for me, photography is that that art form or that creative outlet, because, you know, if you're really focusing on what you're taking a picture of, just photography in and of itself has to slow you down. You know, you have to be present. You have to think about what you're doing. So if you bring your whole mind, body, and spirit into the experience of, you know, whether it's again, taking the picture, gardening, what have you, you are in a sense meditating. And I think that is more of a practical and approachable way to introduce meditation to the masses so we can all start to, you know, stress less, enjoy everyday moments and, you know, and just stay focused on the here and the now. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. 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 I, (laughs) you just, you literally just brought a, a new, Thank you for just thank you for breaking that down. Wow, meditation is not for everyone. You are so right about that because I feel like there are moments when I feel like I need to meditate and I get even more tense because I feel like I have to be sitting a certain way. I have to be following my breaths a certain way. So it's just like it's really it's like that model of like you have to just find out what works for you, right? Yes, exactly. 
and whatever is going to bring your whole self to something that's bringing you peace, joy, you know, and allows you to be still. For some folks, that's eating. See, that's eating is not for me because I just swallow my food. So that will never be a form of meditation in my life. Okay. <laughs> but you know, but so right from the drawing, you know, from running. I mean, heck, riding a bicycle, you know, somewhere like just where you're just so focused, but it doesn't. You know, you don't feel tense in trying to to do this practice. Wow. Right. You, you know, so, like so if you just focus on what you're doing, you know, while you're doing it, you're not thinking about what happened before that moment. You're not thinking about the call that you just got off of or, or you know, the conversation you just had with your kid or the mail that you just opened. You know, you're not thinking about what you have to do after you know, the activity that you're doing, you're not thinking about what you have to cook for dinner. You're not thinking about, you know, what, how many cases of coronavirus, you know, you're just focusing on the present. And if you are, you know, walking, focus on, you know, your foot as it touches the ground with each step. If you are taking a picture, you know, feel the camera in your hand. Pay attention to what you are focusing on, whether it is a flower or, you know, it could be a bumblebee. Look at the colors of the flower, the shape of the flower or the vegetable, you know, just be there. And without even trying, you will feel calmer. You know, you will feel still and, and it'll just happen. And if you do that, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, guess what? You've meditated. So the funny thing is, you know, meditation is not for everyone, but actually it is for everyone. You know, it it is for everyone. And even if you can't picture yourself meditating, guess what? I can, I can picture you meditating. Mm, mm. And some people may be doing it unintentionally. And which is so funny because I was taking a walk and of course I do more of these these days. And I was walking with a friend and just a lot lately. I mean, I've always been obsessed with flowers, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at flowers, looking at flowers. And it was this one day and I said to my friend, I said, isn't it amazing that I was like, and I reminded her, she's like, you know, when we're younger, you know, we're learning to color within the lines. We have Crayolas, you know, that um, color, you know, can color a piece of paper white and I mean, not white. <laughs> Well, (laughs) using a black piece of paper, but you get what I mean. Yellow and red and blue. But I said, look at the color. Look at how nature births these flowers. Mm -hmm. You know, these flowers bloom and they're different colors. And I really had a moment. I was like, look, I'm like, look at this one flower. I said, it's both pink and yellow at the same time. And I just had to just stand there and look at it. I'm like, this is just amazing. I'm like, these are literally like our, our crayons that we just, that we look at. Like as I'm walking down the street, right. color is everywhere. Right. And I just had, I had a moment, Tanya. I had a moment. And I yeah. know that was my meditative moment. It was a meditative moment, you know, and that moment of awareness, that was the meditative moment. You know, when you noticed, you know, the varying colors or just noticing the flower itself, you know, that was a meditative moment. Um, And that's, you know, what's so exciting about, you know, blending gardening and nature with photography. You know, you think about things and you see things with a photographer's eye. It's, It's like photography helps cue up your, your eyesight 
in your awareness so that you notice things that you normally would not notice. You know, you may have a flower that's blooming right, you know, in your yard or your doorstep or in your house for that matter, in your garden, but you're so busy, you're caught up in the motion, you're going that you don't even take time to notice. So, you know, just like I said, that noticing and awareness is in essence, you know, meditation, because for that second, you're right there and you're clearly seeing what's in front of you. Mm. All right, folks, we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Perfect Day, produced by Artists Authentic. For more of Authentic's work, visit allornothingstudios.com. This podcast is brought to you by Giant Food. Whether you are concerned about diabetes, heart health, losing weight, or just want to improve family meal times, Giant has a team of nutritionists ready to help you make the best decisions to meet your health and wellness goals. You can check out their personalized consultations online or by phone. Just go to giantfood.com nutrition, or they have nutritionists who are available to answer any of your questions at nutrition at giantfood.com. Okay, so Tanya, um, with Plant and Shoot, um, you know, I feel like there's so many other things that have, um, you know, from from the outside looking in that have birthed from that platform or just other experiences, you know, in life. And one of those things I definitely also want to talk about on this show is the Zen Camera Club, which I'm so excited about. And um, just thank you so much. Like I've been, I've been learning so much during this episode. I'm gonna have a like a new perspective on meditation and just nature and just being present. I really appreciate that. But you know, let's talk about the Zen Camera Club. Zen, Zen. I think all of us can use a lot more Zen in our lives right now. Don't you agree? Yes, definitely so. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot going on, um, you know, in our in our lives right now, um, you know, as a result of coronavirus and even before the pandemic. You know, it was just a lot um, that was going on. So yes, we we do all need more Zen in our lives, and it's something that we have to be intentional about bringing into our space because otherwise, you know, as I say, life will just run you over. So if you don't you know, create that space for yourself, it won't happen. And it's so, so, so vitally important to our mental health, you know, our physical health. It's just really a part of self-care. And um, it can be so simple and easy to bring into your space. And, um, you know, as I mentioned before, photography is a way that I do that. So I created the Zen Camera Club um as a as a sort of an offshoot, you know, from plant and shoot, because I realized, you know, with plant and shoot, I have sort of two camps. I have 
the people that are, you know, strictly gardeners and, you know, the, and that's, that's great. You know, I, have, I sort of have two brains, you know, the gardening brain and the photography brain. But then I also realized, you know, I had another group of folks that, you know, were into the, the Zen aspect, the photography aspect, the mindfulness, the peacefulness, the meditation. And I really wanted to separate the two so I could give each group the attention and the focus that it needed and not muddy the, the water so much. Um, because, you know, if you're not into, you know, meditation and mindfulness, it would kind of sound woo woo. And I was losing um, interest in some people. So that's why I created that. And it focuses entirely on everything that we just discussed. Um, so it's really exciting. Um, you know, the account is new and the space is new. Um, it's growing. Um, it pairs along with a um, photography workshop that I teach, um, which is called Zen Behind the Lens. And um, like I said, it focuses on everything that we've talked about, but we dig deeper into, you know, meditation. We talk about books, we talk about practices, we talk about um, ways to incorporate this as a self-care practice and a ritual in small ways into your, into your everyday life. Wow. Wow. You know, it's so funny because I take a lot of um, photos of of flowers because I'm obsessed. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm sure like a, t- a ton of us, we have a ton of photos in our in just our, our mobile phones, right? Right. And it's my nature photos, Tanya, that I never want to delete. I never want to delete them. When I see that pink flower, when I see that hydrangea, when I see that gabarit, like I don't want to delete them right. at all. Right. At all. It creates this, this, this beautiful palette that I can just stare at all day. I'll delete anything else when I'm like, do not, <laughs> I will not delete this flower photo. <laughs> you know, and, they, and you're right. And I'm the same way. And the good thing about um, images, you know, it can create that moment for you while you are in that moment, while you're taking that picture. But then there's also such presence that a nature image can bring to you. You know, you can look at that picture later. And that's something that, you know, I teach in, um, you know, in my classes and I, you know, and I'll just mention it online as well. Sometimes, you know, the picture that you take, save that picture because you can find solace and presence in that image looking at it, you know, a week from now or a month from now, it can bring you right back to that moment if you slow down and and take the time to acknowledge it. So, you know, you can have a mindful moment just looking at that picture, you know, of your hydrangea. You know, if you just sit with it for just a second, it can bring back, you know, all the feelings that, you know, that that moment originally brought to you. Yeah. And even if it brings up any like toxic, emotions that might have occurred that day. And by the by the end of that, because that's part of our, our healing too, is really, you know, getting that to- that toxic, you know, um, all that toxic energy out, but also just looking, whatever feelings that that photo, you know, brings up, 
it's acknowledging that, but also I know just speaking from a personal experience that whenever I do look at a photo or when I'm just out in nature, it just reminds me that I bloom and go through storms and weather storms, just like the outside, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's such a reflection of my life and that's my personal story. So, and you know, um, and you, you raise a good point because, um, you know, whatever that moment brings up for you. And, you know, and you're right. Sometimes it it can be um, something that's toxic or troubling. You know, the key is to just, to just sit with it. You know, so oftentimes we'll try to bury feelings and emotions or ignore them, but, you know, the real growth comes when you can just, just sit with it, you know, feel whatever it is, whether it's hurt or anger or, or sadness, just sit with it, you know, without any judgment, you know, don't tell yourself, well, I handle that wrong, or I should have done this, or I shouldn't feel this way. You know, the real growth comes in just, just sitting with it, acknowledging with it, uh, acknowledging it, you know, ask yourself, you know, what can I learn from this? You know, how can this help me? What is this trying to teach me? Um, and that again, goes back to the self-care, you know, practice that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last thing I want to touch on is definitely, you know, we, you know, have already mentioned these, you know, meditations, but you recently joined, um, and it may not have been recently, I don't know, you'll tell us this, but I know that you are with Insight Timer and you do these wonderful guided meditations, which I did one earlier today and I still need to do my review. Okay. So if any, after Tanya gives you all the information, you got to check this out and you have to check out her profile. And, you know, it was I just listed. I actually did it twice because I did the first time and I was just like, OK, the second time, like, let me really just soak in the words. And they just really just really spoke to me. And the thing that really jumped out, and I think it was the very first one that you have up um, in your channel, um, it was about, you know, how connecting, you know, with nature can just shift how you're responding to life. And I believe you just mentioned that a moment ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, you know, what is, what's one of the first things that we do, Tanya, when we're stressed, you know, when we've, when we're maxed out, our bandwidth is just has popped. We flock to beaches, we flock to the woods, we go hiking. Nature is just always like that. It maybe after food, okay, for it. <laughs> but it's like nature is it's I think we all have like this commonality amongst one another that nature is like one of the first things we, that we what nature is one of the first things that we flock to. Yeah, it heals to relieve that stress. You know, I have to go, I have to go to the beach, I have to sit in front of the water. I have to hear those waves. You know, I need to go hiking for five hours. Yeah, or um, I just know, need to get outside. You know, I just, I have to get outside. I have to get out of this room or this building or this office, you know? Yes. Yes. And that, that yesterday, oh my goodness, girlfriend, I was like, I've had it with these Zoom calls. <laughs> I wanted to go talk to my plants. Okay. That's exactly what I did. Right. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, definitely want you to, you know, just let's just touch on Insight Timer. I think this is amazing. I look forward to doing more of these meditations. I'm so super excited. Didn't know about Insight Timer until um, until you mentioned it um, on your Instagram or I think that's how I learned about it. But that that really just just stuck out to me and just, you know, again, how we can how connecting you said connecting with the flow of nature can shift how you're responding to life right now. And if no other time, if no other time, like now, I think now is the time that people, 
and which is great. Again, there's just so many positives and obviously a lot of negatives, but um, people, more people are spending time outdoors and they are connecting with nature and they are building their gardens. You know, they are planting their, their, their seedlings and, you know, their flowers. And I just think it's so true, but I I really love that, that guided meditation. So um, let us know more about this and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to be a part of that platform. Um, it is growing, you know, more and more every day. And, you know, my meditations, uh, you know, are really directed to, you know, the individuals that we spoke spoke about earlier, you know, the individuals who, um, you know, need maybe to be active while they're meditating, um, you know, either walking or taking a picture or, or gardening, um, the meditations are geared towards those individuals. Um, like I said, I consider myself in, in that camp. Um, and there's always a nature element um, in the meditations. Um, I have four on the platform right now, um, and I have another that I'll be loading um, probably later today or tomorrow. And it takes a couple of days, you know, for them to actually um, be visible to everyone. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that is the focus. Um, And my meditations on Insight Time are also, you know, unique in that they do incorporate um, some element of photography um, in them as well. Because the way I see it, every time we take a picture is an opportunity to be present. And I know everyone, almost everyone, um, you know, has at least a cell phone. Um, You know, a DSLR camera is not required, although that's what I use most of the time. But, you know, most of us have a cell phone. Most people are taking a picture of something every day. I mean, whether it's a food label or something you're eating or, or whatever, you know, we're taking some picture almost every day. That moment is an opportunity to be present. Wow. So the I know I'm taking a photo of something every single day. <laughs> yeah. So next time you take one, just, you know, pause for a second and just, you know, notice, um, try to engage your senses. If you have time, you know, notice what you hear, notice what you see, notice what you smell. Um, particularly if you're outside. Um, but you know, I mean, you can do that when you're in the house too, but yeah, try to engage your senses and just, you know, every time you, you know, switch your phone to, to camera mode, just let that be a trigger, um, for you or an anchor for you to be present. Could be five seconds if that's all you have, but just, if you keep doing that, you will train your mind to be mindful in other areas of your life. Tanya, this was the most meditative conversation I've had thus far here on Edible Activist. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. And we, you know, we tied it to the land. We tied it to to nature. Um, you know, because again, I do, you know, my meditations, 99% of them are, you know, outside in my garden, you know, in a park or, or just wherever I'm I'm on in nature. I can be sitting on my front porch. But um, you know, I meditate in nature. That's that's where I find my calm, that's where I find my peace and um, you know, I think, you know, the camera is a great tool to just, you know, anchor you in the present moment and, you know, help you just appreciate all the moments that we're experiencing right now and just the beauty and the wonder, you know, that the world is gifting us right now. I think it would be a shame to not pay attention to this moment. 
Wow. Tanya, where can folks connect, connect with you online? Uh, people can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm hanging out the most. Um, so uh, my Instagram is uh, at the Zen Camera Club, um, spelled, you know, normal way. And um, you'll also find me on Plant and Shoot on Instagram. But like I said, right now I'm hanging out a little bit more um, in the Zen Camera Club. So I welcome, you know, any and everyone who's interested um, in that space to join me there. I'm also on Facebook um, under Plant and Shoot, although I'm hanging out over there a little bit less. I spend most of my time on Instagram. And of course, my website, um, that is um, plantandshoot.com. And if folks uh, find me over on my website, website. They can uh, get a free copy of my Zen Behind the Lens online guide, which um, goes into more detail in some of the aspects that we've been covering today, um, You know, integrating mindfulness and meditation with photography. So if they uh, join my newsletter, um, they can receive that free guide that will introduce them to this space and get them started on their mindfulness journey. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. All right. So before I let you go, I got a couple rapid fire questions for you. Are Uh you ready for me? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I think you'll be good. (laughs) I always hear other people on podcasts and get so nervous. I'm like, ooh, how would I answer that? (laughs) All right. First up, what is your favorite veggie? Ah, Brussels sprouts. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes I love yes. them roasted. I can just, just eat them, just pop them in my mouth, just eat them. Especially with that crispy edge, that crispy yes. outside. Yes, mm. a little bit burnt, you know, it probably shouldn't be burnt, <laughs> but that's when it's good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. What is your favorite fruit? Oh, uh, that's easy. Blueberries. Oh, nice, 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 nice. I actually made a blueberry and banana shake yesterday. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, so good. All right, Tanya. Sweet, spicy, sour, salty, savory, or bitter? Mm, And I have to choose one, right? You know what? If you need to choose more than one, go for it. (laughs) There are no (laughs) rules. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Okay. I would say salty and sweet because my all-time favorite snack in the whole wide world um, are chocolate-covered almonds. Mm. Yeah. So, I love chocolate-covered almonds. It's like the best snack ever. Yeah, that that's my fave. Um, yeah, so. Okay. All right. Last question. One action step someone can take towards edible activism today. Um, the first step is, uh, to just be present when they're in nature. Um, you know, as I discussed there, you know, tools, you know, your camera, having a garden, um, can help you. But, you know, if you want to start today, just walking outside and being present and just noticing what is around you, the trees, the leaves, the flowers, the birds, the sky, notice it all and just give thanks. Awesome. Tanya, thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, Peace and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate it this so much. I enjoy talking with you. Bye. Thank you everyone for tuning in. 
We are here live on Full Service Radio every Wednesday at 11 a.m., where you can catch today's episode on fullserviceradio.org, as well as iTunes and Spotify. Be sure to follow me at Food Talks in Color on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Are you an edible activist? Sure you are. Come join me on the show. I would love to feature you. Just shoot me a DM on the gram. Peace and blessings all. And remember, there is no culture without agriculture.